You're listening to Discovering Multifamily, where we discuss all educational topics in commercial real estate with an emphasis on multifamily apartment investing via syndication. And now your hosts, former NFL fullback Brian Leonard and Anthony Scandariato. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Discovery Multifamily Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Scandariato with Red Bank Properties. And today we have a special guest here with us, uh, Jason DeBono. And he uh, actually has about 15 years of experience in the self-directed IRA industry. And we've been talking a lot about uh, what that actually is. Uh, very recently, we've had a couple of uh, different podcasts and, and different meetup groups to uh, get into the, the tranches there. Um, but, but what's different about Jason is that he's uh, currently has served as both the director of business development and director of op- operations at a new view trust company, which is actually a self-directed custodian with uh, currently about a billion four in assets under management. A couple of the other speakers we had um, were more facilitators for that. This is an actual uh, person who works for the custodian. They do a bunch of different um, uh, plans that we could talk about here. Uh, but Jason now is the, the corporate vice president there and, and oversees uh, the day-to-day of the activities of New View. Uh, so he sees everything. Um, so we definitely want to learn more about it. Jason also invests in multifamily himself. So we want to hear a little bit about the strategies he uses um, to uh, basically grow his income and his wealth um, along with the um, with the custodian accounts. So So Jason, thanks for coming on our show. Yeah, thanks, Anthony, for having me. Sure. Uh, so if we can just get into, uh, for those of you who missed a couple of the other shows, um, just talk about how you can invest in real estate with your IRA, and then we'll kind of get into the, the weeds a little bit. Sure. Well, it's, you know, it's such a, a, an interesting question because when I started 15 years ago, no one had a clue, um, you know, that real estate was permissible and there was very few options. Uh, thankfully, today in more of the digital age, uh, kind of information age, we have a lot more information uh, readily available. So more people are becoming aware, but it's still uh, somewhat of a new topic. And, and that's because the brokerage firms typically don't allow it. Uh, real estate is permissible, has always been permissible inside a retirement account. Uh, the challenge was not whether or not the IRS allowed it. It was finding a custodian like NewView that would actually hold the assets uh, and report to the IRS. So uh, something that we do and, and have been doing for uh, for 17 years now. Excellent. So basically, wh- wh- what does that mean? I mean, when people think about, you know, their IRAs, they're thinking about just directing it into the stock market um, or even the 401ks, just having their employer kind of pick for them. Um, what's, you know, what are the differences that, that you guys can can offer from the traditional programs? Yeah, so self-directed accounts really give you two things. Um, they give you one, they require that you make your own investments. And so that's a little bit different than, you know, some of these accounts that are directed, whether it be through your employer or at a brokerage firm. The second thing is you have the full spectrum of investment options that the IRS allows. And it's pretty much unlimited. Uh, there's a few landmines that you want to, you know, steer clear of, but really you can just about buy anything uh, in a retirement account. So for, for our clients, you know, Self-directed accounts are not for the masses. Uh, There's a large segment of the population that doesn't know enough and is not willing to go educate themselves to go out and make real estate or other, uh, you know, kind of uh, alternative investments. But there's a huge segment of the population that wants to be out of stocks and bonds. They know real estate, they live in it, they understand it. They may even own a 
investment or two themselves. Uh, and so mirroring that kind of philosophy and strategy in their IRA just makes great sense. Um, so that's really kind of where, where we fit um, and, and why people go out and, and choose to self-direct. Because if you're not willing to make your own investments, this may not be the best tool for you. Sure. Um, can you talk about the, what's a solo 401k a little bit? How that's different? Well, the, yeah, the, there's a, a couple different plan types and, and uh, we could certainly dig into the weeds pretty hard here. Um, but there's really a two, I kind of refer to a few different ways that people can save and I'll kind of consolidate some buckets here. Most people are familiar with a 401k, right? They work for a company, right. a company has a 401k, they take it out of their paycheck. Uh, and then the employer uh, may match that, you know, on an annual basis. 401ks are the best possible tool that exists for people to save simply because without it, most people wouldn't save for retirement. So it's a great tool. The problem with most 401ks is they're so limited on investment choices. There's very little control that you have. You may have six or eight mutual funds to pick from. Uh, so it, it's not a great investment plan, but it's certainly a good savings plan. IRAs really are the, the kind of combination of both savings plan and investing plans. Um, IRAs are all individual accounts, so you have to choose to start one on your own, put your own money into it, right? Depending on how you earn your money depends on how much you can put in. But it's a very proactive approach because if you have a 401k, it's reactive. Your employer is going to withdraw it from your paycheck. If you have an IRA, you've got to actually go out and write the check to your IRA annually. So it tends to be a lot more savers. Uh, that generate and create IRAs. Old 401ks can roll into IRAs. Most people do that because they want to take that 401k and put it into a retirement account that they have more control over. The account that you originally asked the question on, Anthony, is the solo QRP and the solo 401k. It goes by a few different names. The, the thing that's unique about this plan is it works, it, it looks and operates more like an IRA meaning it's really an individual plan. It's not really meant to be an employer plan with lots of employees. In fact, to qualify for this plan, it has to be a, someone with self-employed income and no common law employees. And the beauty of this plan is if you meet that criterion, and really a lot of people do, I mean, we tend to think of, well, who's self-employed without employees? There are so many professions that already check this box off. And even a lot of real estate investors uh, with just a couple of tweaks to how they take some payroll uh, can also become uh, self-employed. Furthermore, you know, the, the, uh, the, the world of kind of a side hustle, uh, you know, that everyone talks about, um, that income is considered self-employed. So, you know, Anthony, even if you're a full-time employee for AT&T and on the side, you buy and sell real estate or you have four or five properties that you manage, you can make yourself self-employed and qualify for this plan, even while still being a eligible for your 401k plan at your employer. So there's some nuances there and opportunities. Um, all of that said, the solo QRP really is the best of all plans because it is it is a 401k from a take money out of your paycheck and an employer match, which, which means you can put a lot more money away. It's a, a plan that has full investment discretion. So it's not limited like a traditional 401k because your employer is you. So you don't place your own restrictions on your own account. So you can invest into anything you want, including real estate. And then there's some additional benefits that 401ks offer that you can take advantage of. Borrowing provisions, so you can actually borrow money from your own account. And then lastly, there's a, a tax in IRAs called UBIT or UDFI, and it applies when you take on debt in an IRA. So if you invest into real estate that has a mortgage, whether that be 
where you own the real estate directly or whether you buy it as a, a syndication, if the real estate you're investing into has debt, there's a small tax your IRA has to pay. Well, if you buy that investment in a solo QRP instead of the IRA, you don't have to pay that tax. So it's there, there's a lot of major benefits to it. We're seeing a lot of people, uh, especially those investing into syndications, are really all moving to this solo QRP um, because it allows them to sock some extra money away and avoids that UBIT tax. So can you talk about that a little bit more, the UBIT tax? Um, how do they come to, what are the ranges for the tax calculation? Is it is it on distributions? Is it only on uh, uh, a disposition? Can you talk a little bit more about that tax? Yeah, happy to. Uh, I'll, I'll start with, with the first caveat, which is, you know, every situation is slightly different. So I'm going to kind sure. of generalize, if you will, yeah. uh, it, its application. The, the second thing is there's really two taxes that are all called UBIT, but it's really two separate taxes. UBIT is unrelated business income tax. UDFI is unrelated debt financed income. Either and both can apply to an IRA. Typically, UBIT has nothing to do with debt leverage, right? It's just the easier way to refer to it. What we're actually talking about is UDFI, unrelated debt financed income tax. So it means that you have money in a tax advantaged account and the code isn't written to IRAs. This would apply to things like nonprofits. And uh, there's some extensions of this even beyond the IRA world, but, but, but it's covered under it. The way that it works is it says, if you, have an, if you have an investment that's made inside your retirement account, your IRA is not subject to any tax. So if I were to take $100,000 and buy a piece of property for $100,000, pay cash for it and sell it for a million dollars the next day, I would have zero tax due because my IRA bought the property. In that same example, if I took, if I didn't have the full 100, but I only had 50, and I went out to a bank and borrowed 50 or to a, you know, a, a, a lender, the IRS says 50% of the money is from the IRA. We won't tax 50% of your profit, but 50% of the money that invested in that deal is non-IRA money. Therefore, we're gonna clip some tax on part of your profit. It's actually, there are very few times you'll hear me say this, it's actually a very fair and logical tax. Now, what they do with the money once they collect it, I think we'd all agree is a whole nother discussion, but, and, and it makes sense because they're saying this tax advantaged account is tax-free so long as it's self-contained, right? Invest 100, make 100, invest 100, make 200. But if I'm gonna invest 100 and then go borrow 100 from the bank, technically 50% of the earnings my IRA is generating are being generated off of non-IRA money. So that same proration of leverage is the same proration of tax liability, not what I owe, but what potentially is taxable. So if I bought a property for $100,000 and I borrowed 50, right, 50%, and I sold it for 200, my $100,000 of profit, 50% is taxable under UDFI, 50 is tax-free because it was generated for my own IRA. And then inside of there, you can take certain, there's certain things you can, you know, reduce the, the, the uh, liability off of with write-offs, um, but they're going to tax it uh, based on the amount that was prorated. In, as far as when the tax applies, it applies annually on anything over $1,000 of net income. So if you invest into a multifamily deal and, and, and you get distributed, uh, you know, $5,000 for the year. The first $1,000 is free, right? 
So if you have 50% is, is leveraged, then only 2,500 of the 5,000 is subject to the tax. A thousand of it is free. You get the first thousand for free. So uh, you'd have a tax liability on 1,500 bucks. It would cost you 100 or 200 bucks uh, on an annual basis. It's very de minimis. That, that also doesn't include accelerated depreciation and other things. Um, so typically the annual application is very low. Uh, generally where we see this come into play is disposition. You know, the property was sold uh, and I, my $100,000 investment is now 300,000, right? And I've got 200,000 hours of profit. So um, not to say it can't apply annually. Um, typically where it does is, is on major cash house, you know, stuff that's really spitting off a ton of cash. Got it. Um, so can you talk a little bit about setting up these accounts as an active real estate investor versus a passive. Um, how does how do those two different situations apply to these accounts? Yeah, and I, I, so I actually kind of share this in, in some other presentations that I do, and I talk a little bit about it as a three-legged stool. Um, and really where, where self-direction is really three parts, and you can be any one of the three and sometimes more than one. So I look at this as active, passive, and then hybrid. So with self-direction, let's start with active. Um, an active account would be someone that j is out pounding the pavement, looking for properties, overseeing everything. I mean, I would say these are your full-time real estate investors. These are people that are truly investors. They're in this game every single day. They're making their own decisions and they're just going to go. Um, they may not be full-time in real estate, but they do it enough to where th this, it, it's viewed as a business for them. Passive investors are the opposite. Passive investors are, are the ones that like real estate as an asset class, but don't want to go find it, don't want to go look, don't want to go knock on doors, et cetera. They don't want to negotiate. They just want to invest passively. Uh, these would be like stockholder investors, right? You're completely passive. You just have no involvement. Um, so passive investors in, for things like syndications, we see a lot of. Uh, a lot of private loans. So I may say, all right, Anthony, you go out and find the properties. I'll loan you money, pay me 10%. And I don't want anything to do with the real estate. Just give me my 10%. Those would be kind of the boxes your passive investors would fall into. Hybrids is actually something we're seeing a lot more of. And, and I think is probably the sweet spot for retirement accounts. Passive is where people know a lot about real estate. They own other real estate. They, they're actively involved. They can evaluate their own deals but they simply choose to invest into something else. And it gives two things, right? And I would put myself into this hybrid category because I've gone out, found my own deals, done my own due diligence and bought them, right? But I'd rather use that experience to evaluate someone else's deal. So if you came to me with an opportunity, whether it be a single family, multifamily, it really doesn't matter. I'm gonna be a passive investor, but I'm gonna view it through the lens of an active investor, right? I'm gonna look at this and say, if I were doing this deal, would I perform it this way? Is this realistic? You know, these are the construction uh, expenses or, or some of the CapEx improvements. Are those good? You know, will they generate the money? So I'm putting on my full-time investor or kind of, you know, active investor hat, but I'm writing you a check to be 100% passive in the deal. So we're seeing a lot of hybrid investors because they understand that you know, they, they, they own real estate and they're actively involved, but with their IRAs, they don't want to own real estate that they got to be involved with. It's best to be passive. So they're using their active knowledge to be better passive investors. And that's, that's why they can set up the QRP and still get the same benefits as an active investor would. 
being materially participating and being a, a full-time real estate investor. That's to sum that up. That's, yeah. And, and that's okay. a great, it's a great bow to put on that. Um, and they, they're really getting the best of all worlds because they're getting a plan that has the most robust contribution limits, the most robust, um, you know, flexibility in terms of how investments are made, how it's managed. And they're getting that, that freedom uh, from being subject to tax on these deals. I mean, candidly, if you're going to make an investment into a syndication that's debt leveraged, you have to figure out how to get in the solo QRP. Otherwise you're just paying tax needlessly. Sure. And what about for and and active investors can invest as even syndicators such as myself, they can invest using their QRP too into their deals as well and still get the same benefits that everybody else. Okay. Okay. Yeah, you, you just have to be careful to make sure you that, that you don't violate what the IRS refers to as the arm's length rule. So That's what I was gonna if, ask that. Yeah. Yeah. If you're and, and it's always a little bit of a gray area and it's hard in general terms to, to kind of discuss it. But I'll, I'll again, a kind of a caveat here is this is really general. Um, if you're looking to do something like this, I mean, talk to your attorney, talk to your CPA, make sure that there's no you know landmines here. Um, but generally, as long as as long as you personally, coupled with all of your your direct family members, as long as you own less than 50 percent of, of the, the deal, generally the deal's not disqualified. So you can invest into it with your own retirement money. What you want to make sure, though, is that there's no that the IRS can't come in and say, you know, Anthony, as the you know general partner of this deal, you funneled your own general partner profits back into your IRA because the IRS would take issue with that. So if right. you get a 10% share for being a general partner, that's you personally. You're not allowed to dump that profit into your retirement account, solo QRP or IRA. But if you're simply saying, I'm going to put in 50 grand, I'm going to buy one unit and my IRA is going to return whatever one unit would pay any other investor, you'll have no issues at all. You can certainly do that. Yeah. And that's how we set, set ours up. It's called Parapasu for everybody right. who's, yep, who's listening. Um, that's great. So Jason, how could people, uh, kind of winding down the show now, how could people find more about you, your product and, and you and, um, you know, just learn more about how this is such a great, uh, tax advantage situation for active and passive investors. How can they find more about you? Uh, easiest ways to start on our website, newview with a U, N-U-V-I-E-W, trust.com. Uh, you can take a look there. We're a full service custodian. So there's not a lot of us out in the marketplace. Uh, there's lots of people that, that talk about self-direction, but uh, from a custody standpoint, we do it all. So we can set up a solo QRP. We can be your custodian for an IRA. We can facilitate if you want to set up an LLC and do checkbook control. We can facilitate the custodial side of that as well. So um, we, we can service you in the way that you want to be serviced as far as how you want to structure and strategize from an investment standpoint. Um, but the website is chock full of information. There's lots of videos, tutorials, that sort of thing. Uh, if you want to email me and uh, with any of your personal questions, uh, you can reach me at Jason, um, just J-A-S-O-N at newviewtrust.com. Uh, and that'll come in and, and uh, I'll get that addressed um, if you have questions about your own account or making an investment. Um, so, yep, happy to get those answered. Awesome. Well, what we'll do is we'll have a link to Jason's uh, social media as well as his email and website in our uh, iTunes description as well as on our social media platforms. And if you can, please, uh, if you liked what you saw or listened to, uh, give us a rating and review on iTunes. So it helps uh, our rankings go up in iTunes. It's just the way it works. 
so Jason and I can get our message out to a broader audience. And Jason, really appreciate you coming on uh, again on the show today. Hopefully we'll have you on again sometime next year. Thanks, Anthony. Appreciate it. Thanks, Lou.